The following sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith. Head to FAPC.org and join our email list and be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy. The hills around Bethlehem, the good book says, were home to shepherds, men and women who cared for grazing livestock. On Christmas Eve, Luke grabs us by the arm and bids us walk these hills. Among the gnarly oaks and eucalyptus, Sheep polka dot the rocky terrain. Living alongside the animals, the shepherds keep watch all day, all night. In the evening, these ranchers sit, talking quietly around campfires. Others lean against trees. Some lace their fingers, cradle their heads, and stare up at ribbons of stars in the heavens. All of them, all of the shepherds, are dreaming. How do I know they're dreaming? Well, it's a guess, but I feel like it's a well-founded guess. Whenever I've been in the wilderness on a canoe trip or, or a hike, or, or taking a quiet walk somewhere outside the city in a place where you can see the stars and set your feet down by the light of the moon. Whenever I've spent time in a place like that, I become a dreamer. And I know, as John Lennon famously put it, I'm not the only one. I I'm not talking, of course, about the dreams we have during REM sleep, those moments when we're wrestling with our subconscious. Uh, nor am I talking about nostalgic dreams, reveries that recall a much-missed past. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. By the way, best version of that, not being the drifters. Check it out. Now, tonight I'm talking about good old-fashioned daydreams. I'm talking about flights of fancy that, that societal scolds label a waste of time. Stop daydreaming and pay attention. What a strange thing to say. As if daydreamers weren't paying attention. 
To dream while you're awake is, in fact, to pay attention in an especially keen way. It's to shut out a cacophony of voices, a blitzkrieg of chimes and rings and pocket vibrations, all manner of which are claiming, clamoring for your attention, your vote, your dollars, your loyalty, your eyes glued to their digital content. To dream anymore is to break an evil spell. It's to free your mind to wander into the future with hope. In a way, daydreams are humanity's spiritual chew toys. Our hearts gnaw on these aspirations. We imagine dreamy relationships. We sketch dream jobs in our heads. We, we draw up dream homes. We, we chew on all sorts of possibilities. It feels good to, to picture the future as we would have it. And, and then, after a good chew, we can always tuck these dreams away in a, in a safe and readily accessible place up here they'll be there when next we want to explore the realms of the possible. Does all this dreaming have a place in the life of faith? Or is it, to quote Will Ferrell, the work of a cotton-headed ninny-muggins? I guess it could be. Uh, although, in my experience, when people start talking about their dreams, e even the frivolous ones, the conversation inevitably paddles toward the deep end of the lake. I say inevitably because to dream is to ask, is this what I want? What, what I really, really want? Will, will this possibility solve my problems? Will it bring me joy? Without fail, dreamers stand alongside philosophers and poets. They ask, what is deserving of my attention? Where should I focus my energies? Who should I love? What should I worship? Why am I here? Surely the shepherds in the fields asked these questions. And given a chance, every soul yearns to answer these questions. We all dream. And that means, of course, that many of our dreams go unfulfilled. New York poet Langston Hughes highlights the dangers that accompany our dreams in his famous poem, Harlem. You remember how it goes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet. Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it 
explode. Stifled dreams, unattainable dreams are still powerful things. They can crush a person's spirit. They can ignite fires of rage. Surely the shepherds knew this hard truth. Surely they were moving through life with a deferred dream or two. By all accounts, shepherds in the first century, like shepherds now, were not powerful people. They could not wave a hand or flash a credit card and turn anyone's dreams into reality. These nomadic agrarians were a fairly poor, notoriously rough and tumble bunch. They lived in the fields, the ancient world's flyover country, far from the tony homes of the ruling class. Now, all of this is not to say that the shepherds were cynics, but neither were they naive. It had been a long time since one of their own, a young shepherd named David, had become king. The current crop of politicians, King Herod, Caesar Augustus, they wouldn't give the time of day to a shepherd. As such, the best counsel that these nomads could share probably went something like this. Keep a close eye on your sheep. Pray that there isn't a famine or a, or a wolf or a bunch of bandits hiding beyond yonder sage bush. Watch your flocks and don't let your dreams grow too big. Curb your hopes. And then, says Luke, angels. Angels. On Christmas, Scripture testifies the dreams of the shepherds are met by a chorus of angels masked against the Omicron variant. These winged messengers sing. They declare that the dreams of the ancients are true. They've been fulfilled. A Messiah has been born, born to you, croon the angels, born to you. In fact, you're going to find this child in a room that looks like it was decorated by shepherds. You're going to find this babe in a barn, wrapped in a humble blanket, lying in a cattle trough. This, the angels sing, is good news. Good news of great joy. And then they leave. Angels out. Luke describes what happens next. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. The shepherds go with haste. They run. What other evidence do we need? These people are so clearly dreamers. They run to Bethlehem. They run to embrace the newborn shepherd king. 
They run knowing that even though this old world excels at squashing dreams, this dream, this holy, mind-bending dream of a child trumpeted in the night by heavenly hosts is simply too good to pass up. So they run toward peace on earth and goodwill to all. Christmas, my friends, beckons to the dreamer in each of us. It, it appeals to those places nestled close to our hearts where we stow our dearest hopes. And then, then it tucks another hope right in alongside them. On Easter Sunday in 2020, I told the story of Mark and Chrissy. These two good souls were in the process of trying to adopt a child when the pandemic fell like a shroud across the world and began shutting everything down. In a mad scramble, Chrissy and Mark booked a flight to Seoul. They packed their bags and quickly prepared to spend a season of unknown length in South Korea, anything to be close to the little boy with whom they'd already bonded, to the toddler they already loved, James Hanwoo. To travel halfway around the world and to quarantine in another culture as disease and anxiety chased each other around the globe struck me as a wild, joyful, sacred act. And I said as much to all of you. But then, then reality hit. Bureaucratic delays and COVID influenced policies, policies drafted in the face of so much uncertainty, froze the adoption system. Mark and Chrissy waited for weeks and then months, and finally they came home, and their little guy remained in foster care. Those months soon became a year and then more, Easter 21. 21 came and went. And finally, this past September, I asked my colleague, Reverend Werner Ramirez, when do you tell people, people about whom you care deeply, when do you tell folk to give up on one of their dreams, to shift to plan B? I don't know, he said. My heart aches for them. What happens to a dream deferred? Is every dream even possible? Surely not. <laughs> this world is so very good at drumming that hard fact into our skulls. And yet, even as it does, another truth rises to stand alongside our harsh reality. A Christmas truth. And it goes like this, those who dream change the world. In fact, all change begins 
with imagining that things might be different than they are. And so the shepherds ran to Bethlehem. And last week, Mark and Chrissy ran back to South Korea in the face of Omicron spreading like wildfire. They boarded a plane for Seoul. They ran because they'd received word that the court was once again ready to take up their case. And earlier this week, reuniting at the foster home, James Han Wu ran to Chrissy shouting, Mommy! And then today, you can't make this stuff up, today on Christmas Eve, this young couple appeared before a judge. They won't have their answer back for another week or two, and they would appreciate your prayers. That will sustain them, that and their dreams. Isn't that what sustains you too? Especially on this night, this night when we welcome God's dream into our hearts, when we gaze at a newborn nestled in the straw, mewling in the night, and see one who comes to shape our hopes, calm our fears, and point us toward home. Merry Christmas. Go forth, my friends, this night to dream. Fear not, the dawn of redeeming grace awaits you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen.